welcome to the Six Figure Event Podcast. Here, we're going to get real about what it takes to host a profitable event, how to actually get sponsorships, and we'll dive into the world of virtual, hybrid, and live events in an ever-changing industry. Stay tuned for our episodes Well, we have exciting interviews with sponsors and people that have mastered their own virtual and hybrid events. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's get right into it. Today, we're going to be talking about hosting events, virtual, hybrid, and everything in between, and how to avoid a failed event. So the first thing that we want to talk about is, you know, there's a new era of events on the horizon, right? Pandemic may or may not be fading out depending on where you live. Maybe live events are making a comeback, but the majority of organizations are still going to be offering virtual events as a major part of their marketing or growth strategy, brand awareness. That said, one of the questions that we get asked the most is, what are the reasons that virtual events fail? It's a fair question. I mean, live events, virtual hybrid, it's a major investment, right? With major potential for ROI. We've seen some clients make thousands of dollars, six figures, and even half a million and more. So when planned effectively, I really think that it could be something that you walk away with. I'll tell you about my own experience planning an event, but I've compiled the top reasons why we think virtual events fail. My team and I have a global team of 25 after working with hundreds of clients. So number one is you're offering a webinar, not an event, which sounds kind of silly. It's like, okay, Alicia, I'm putting on an event, but what do you mean by a webinar? And it's something that worked. Our team has seen a lot over the past year and a half. And it's one of the top reasons why virtual events fail. And the good news, it's easily fixed. So if you're having speakers like simply talk and point at their presentations with no audience interaction, that's a webinar, friends, right? Point and click, point and shoot, talking, talking head. It's so boring. You probably will click out. You're probably like, yeah, I'm not going to stay. So you want to think about, you know, all the new tech that's happening. There's so many opportunities for virtual engagement. Attendees are expecting way more than just that Zoom call. And again, we're not offering a webinar. We want to make sure that you're focusing on engagement, sponsorship. You're focusing on partnership opportunities that really invest in the ultimate goal of the event. At the end of the day, If you have 50% show up and 25% still standing at the end of an event, that right now in in today's world is actually good. And I really want to break that standard because guess what? When we started virtual events a year and a half ago, the rest of the world, everybody stayed on. It was a 90% success rate, right? Retention rate. But now it's dropping and dropping. And as the months go on, you'll see that retention rate actually be even further hindered. So we want to avoid that. We have clients that come to us and say, I want to host an event with an amazing agenda with these B-list celebrities and all of these things and big top names of corporations. And they 
actual engagement part is not well-defined. Oh yeah, we'll have engagement in the chat. But what does that look like? Okay, well, we'll ask questions. Maybe we'll do some polls. Polls are fun, but for 10 seconds or less. So how are we engaging people to the next level, right? Right, folks? That's where the money is at this point, is the engagement factor. The engagement should be a strategy. It should be a plan. You should have multiple people on engagement from a team or hired that are going to help with that bottom line. So again, your solution is to come up with a very strategic engagement plan. The engagement plan should very much go from the before people arrive at your event. It should be post six weeks to your event. Engagement on social, engagement by, with a contest, engagement in every step of the attendee journey. So that's, again, signing up. What do they get? Do they get a virtual event toolkit? Do they get a swag box that's mailed to their house? So many different opportunities to engage your audience. What about a Instagram takeover or LinkedIn takeover? Maybe you showcase a couple of attendees that are coming to your event, right? Because again, without attendees, you're not going to have an event. Maybe, um, you know, seeing who's on your attendee list and offering them to come up and say why they're excited about your event. Because you can preach all you want. This is going to be the best event ever from the event host. But when it, you hear it from other people, it takes on a whole new set of, of, of engagement, of likes, of, wow, maybe I should join that event because I'm just like her. I'm going, I have that relatability factor of being an attendee versus, oh, the event host is saying it's an amazing event. Great. Maybe I will go. So remember, you have to think about it as every step of the way. What other innovative ways that you can engage before? during and after the event because after the event everybody's like oh I'm gonna go home and take a vacation for a week the event hosts are so tired but you're gonna need again that robust engagement team to help bring those attendees home sponsorships home partners whoever media partners because the event if you're having an annual event we don't want to forget about the event. We don't want to forget about the person and the people that put it on and call it a day. We want to continue that engagement throughout. Another reason how you're going to avoid a failed event is you didn't test your technology. As a speaker, as an event host, whoever you are in the role of, of actually putting on an event, hosting an event, I was at a very industry-focused event, right? So the event industry, um, you may or may not, I'm not going to name names because I'm not like that, but it was an event industry, right? Everybody knows this company, okay? You know, hey, I'm not going to name names, but everybody knows this company. And within the, and I wanted to see their keynote speaker, which kicked off the first day. And within 10 minutes, they had, their, their platform had crashed. They had a speaker lose internet connection. They had tech problems, which they had to restart the, the platform or come back. Then they had tech problems as in their producers didn't know what was happening. And everything crashed and burned within the first 15 to 20 minutes of the show. 
And so if you run into tech issues during your event, you're definitely not alone because, you know, hey, we can't control tech, but almost 40% of people experience tech problems during events. It's fine, but, you know, you want to increase your chances of tech not going wrong. As a rule of thumb, we make sure we test every single speaker before and then during the event, so 15, 20 minutes before, ensuring that they have the right microphone and camera. You, you'll not believe how many professional speakers show up on my door, not virtual door, that is not regular door, virtual door, with terrible internet connections still to this day. And I get it. I live in rural country. My internet speed is like five megabytes. <laughs> so I went out and I have actually, I have an office downtown where I have stable backup modem connection. So if you don't have that right connection at home, right, seek it out. It sounds so simple, but again, you're going to be very surprised at how many C-level executives, how many people in the industry show up at my virtual door and in a speaker tech check with the wrong microphone, can you hear me? I can't see you. Your, your audio is bad. You've got cats in the background. I mean, I got cats in the background too, but you have laundry baskets stacked up. Your room looks like a mess. I don't know where you are. I can't see you. I mean, there's so many different things. So remember, as a speaker, as a professional, right, we want to try to keep those tech checks under wraps. We want to at least try to keep the technology portions that we can control, right, to a certain degree. Another key point is you're not providing real value. What does your audience want? What do they want? Have you polled them? Have you asked them? Because most people, clients, event hosts just throw in content that they want to see. Oh, I love to, you know, love this session to happen. Meanwhile, maybe their audience are not in, interested in it. Maybe they're, maybe that person is not the ideal client or audience to begin with. So polling people after your event for the next event, if you, even if it's not a yearly event, for the next time. Maybe you take that poll and you create, again, the engagement before. You create a community, you create a forum. You create somewhere where your people can come together before an event, especially if it's on Zoom. There's no platform, right? I've seen Mighty Networks, right? That's a good platform to, to bring the network in before a Zoom type of event. There's many different options out there but you still need somewhere where they can congregate. And again, put a person on the engagement strategy that can help drive that home, calling people out. So what does your audience want? Have you pulled them? Have you asked them, right? The top two reasons that attendees register for an event, for a virtual event, are education and networking. So have you surveyed your attendees? And figure it out, hey, what is, what is my top priority? What do I want to listen to? What do I want to watch for the day? And maybe it doesn't serve them. Maybe that content hasn't served them. Maybe the content isn't the best case scenario. And there's different pronged approaches to, to strategy and how to create value and how to actually get your target audience to listen. And definitely can speak on that a little bit later. But remember, you're not providing exceptional value and content because we're so over Zoom, right? 
zoomed out. You've probably heard the saying zoomed out. It's going to be even more. You're going to add to that virtual zoomed out strategy or sorry, overload. Another key thing is you didn't prepare your speakers. I've seen many, many times when we brought in for day of production, the speakers are like, I don't have the link. I don't know what to do. I have no idea what I'm supposed to be wearing or how long is my presentation. And preparing your speakers is, again, half the battle because some of them don't respond, right? If, you, if you're targeting C-level execs and big presidents and vice presidents of corporations, guess what? You're going to get their assistant <laughs> or their executive assistant. But at the end of the day, virtual speaker training even for the most seasoned speakers, event speakers, is, is a must. You have to be prepared. I keep it short. I keep it concise. Some clients, we have an amazing budget where we're able to send them cameras and green screens and, and you know, top-of-the-line mics, depending on what event we're doing, so that they're very prepared and very aware of what I'm supposed to be doing, how I'm supposed to be doing it, and where I'm supposed to be showing up. So regardless of what you think is basic, you still need to review and still have resources and different types of learning material because some speakers very much love to read manuals and documents and, and digest it. Some speakers are very visual learners with a, with a short presentation on Zoom or a Loom video or a training that they can watch after because on the phone or on the sort on the Zoom call or on the training, whatever it is, they're overwhelmed. Regardless if it's a seasoned speaker, you have to think about what kind of learning ability. Again, are they written? Are they visual? Mix of both. How can you help them help you? Because we want to make you look good as a speaker. So even for the most seasoned speakers, as I wrap up, is something to really think about, right? Thinking about how to prepare them to the best case ability. And the last tip of the day is that you didn't appoint a strong like leader to your event. And I know virtual events are so new for many people. I totally get it. But when you have a committee of people, right? I think I think committees are sometimes a drag, gotta be honest, but no one takes charge or somebody has very opposing opinions on how this event should run and none of them are professionals, right? Or if you have a co-founder and a person and you kind of clunk heads, and I've seen this happen, it's going to fall apart. So you need a strong leader in charge of project management, whether that's your event agency, whether that's your event consultant, right? If you don't have that individual in place, feel free to, to get somebody or to ask somebody for help, asking for help from somebody that has done this before and not just leaving it by chance. So I appreciate everyone in the room. Quickly before you go, give us a follow. Give a, myself, I was going to say my name, by the way. <laughs> Feel free to click follow. Head on over to Instagram. And I have some great stuff on Instagram popping up. I'm in Clubhouse every Tuesday, Thursday, 1230 Eastern Standard Time. Talk soon, my friends. Go make sure those six-figure event dreams happen. You are a rock star for listening to today's episode, and I want to hear from you. Head on over to Instagram, at Industry by Alicia, give me a quick follow, and then slide into my DMs. God, I hate that term, <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. Slide into my DMs and let me know 
what was the worst virtual event that you've ever been to. I'm going to do a next episode on this. Thank you.